Hey, Bowie. Hey, Wally. It's Delacia. I know I said I was going to drop this message for a long time, but now I'm finally doing it. Um, I just wanted to talk about the Omarion variant. You know, touch. You know, uh, yeah, I ain't hit that note, but that's all right. Um, I just wanted to talk about it a little bit. I don't know if y'all talked about it on this episode, but a lot of new articles are coming out. People are saying that the Omicron variant cannot necessarily be detected by rapid tests. People are saying that after 10 weeks, um, the booster doesn't necessarily fight against Omicron at that at that high level. So I just wanted to, to ask y'all, what are y'all thinking about all this Omarion icebox where my heart used to be stuff? You know, talk to me. Welcome to our podcast. That's Madeline Black. Black. I'm Bowie. And it's your boy, ordained one. Ready to give a benediction. Eh, just don't be. Bali. Like- <laughs> nah, we ain't gonna go there. I feel like you've already done the ordained one thing once before. But. I did that a while ago. Now I'm back. All right. I went to the, uh, the Theological Institute yep. back with, with more lessons and a rhema word. Yep. So you're back and we're back with another episode of As a Matter of Black. We're so happy to be here once again. in the new year. It's 2022 and we're still alive and we are well. We are still uh, uh, brave in the pandemic. Word. And we're so happy, you know, that to have everybody here with us listening. We were able to do our year review on Spotify and saw that our numbers and listenership and everything was up. And so we just want to thank everybody, we continue to thank everybody for listening and joining us. We've had lots of different ways that where we've been able to interact with our listenership through our voice messages on Anchor. And so we, we just appreciate everybody hanging out with us for the last however many years. Most definitely. And now we, we happen to be in 2022. And uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh with uh a plethora of wonderful guests and friends yes. that will be joining us this year. I envision great things and I'm speaking and putting into an existence, we're taking it to a new level this year. Yeah. And um we're gonna have groupies. Oh. We're gonna have groupies. You already have those, but <laughs> I I manifest groupies in my life for 2022. Right. Yeah. So speaking of guests, we have a really exciting guest with us today. Yes, straight off the tour bus. You know, saying after a long year of traveling and performing mm-hmm. at different locations all over the internet, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, and dropping some of the hotness all Sunday, staying sucker free. Right. Sucker yeah. free Sunday and every day. My favorite happy black girl. Mine too. You know what I'm saying? You want to say a thing with you there? Yeah, we want to work with my friend uh Devoya. What up, y'all? Thank you so much for having me. I like the segue that I got to be guest and not groupie. It was it was a fine line right there. I was I was waiting for where my girl was gonna go with it. 
I appreciate that. I'm not above <laughs> being a groupie. I'll say it. I love y'all. So I'm not above it, but I like that you told me your guest. So for the people who don't know Devoya, I just kind of stole her uh, Twitter bio. She's she's a cultural broker, mm-hmm. a DJ, mm-hmm. a lover of Sundays, brunch, and fine tip sharpies. She's also the creator and co-host of uh, Sucker Free Sunday podcast. Mm-hmm. And she's the creator of Happy Black Girl, which I was featured in. I was one of the first featurees. Is that a word? Featurees. It is now. It is today. I was one of the first featurees of Happy Black Girl. And all because of Devoya. So we welcome you. We're so excited to have you today. I'm mad excited to be here. What are you talking about? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I forgot to add the DJ to a bit. Yeah, incredible DJ. Thank you. She has, um, she's, have you performed here in Arkansas before? I did. That was like, when people ask me, like, my top five places I've, like, ever performed, for me, it's not numbers, although the numbers was good. Don't, I don't mm. want <laughs> to mislead nobody. Yeah. Um, Little Rock is in my top five. And I say that every single time. And when people want me to elaborate, I just give it to them. Like, I never, I've never been somewhere that I hadn't DJed before and been welcomed. So dope. And y'all don't know this, but in Fresno, I was always famous for a Soul Train line. I didn't know that. And I was looking (laughs) down. I still remember it. I'm playing and I look up and I'm like, oh my God. These people then simultaneously formed a soul train line without me like signaling it. Like that's my shit. <laughs> Y'all just sit on like on GP and it was just lovely. So yeah, I beat Jade in Little Rock. Yeah, that's because you had it vintage like a 45 for us. You know what I'm saying? We, <laughs> we trained line. You know what I'm saying? We just so did, if I would have came out there and just did my dog Cornelius, it would have been. Really- <laughs> I'm saying the next door. Thank God you did it. On the stage, show your love. Miss Soul. The people need this. The people need that. We do. We do. Find you a little mic, and next time it's on. Hey, you know, uh, next performance, we're gonna we're gonna make that happen. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So, Deboya, I know that I gave a really brief introduction of you know to everyone about who you are, but I, we. I guess we kind of want to hear you talk about yourself. Maybe give us just a brief, you know, in your words about, you know, what, like what's happening in your life, the really cool things that you have been a part of. I know that you're a, a really big creator. You're in Fresno, but it feels like you're, you're a national creator. You connect with people all over the country to help create art and content around a lot of different things, music and physical art and, you know, shows and everything so just tell us about you and what inspires you and what drives you and just like what have you been up to these last couple of years wow that's so much right there just yeah just no no and i don't mean that in a bad way it's just all of it i don't know that i don't think anybody's asked me about me like that and i don't even know him so um i don't want to give you you know the very beginning i don't want to do all that we don't we don't have that kind of Y'all don't have that kind of time. But the the brief synopsis is I always started out. I started out doing DJ gigs. Um, 
because I've always been someone that the things that I like aren't really available, you know? Yes. And so because I'm an Aries, I think, and I also think because I'm the firstborn, um, I, was, I always have to create stuff at home for my siblings, you know? I, I was always, oh, we should have a talent show. We should do um, this. I grew up to do the same things. Everything I plan to do with people, little people at 12, I do as an adult. And I, I found that out a few years ago and was just, it blew my mind. So I've always just created opportunities because I, I have um, the need for certain things. And so, and the arts and you know culture part of the city, um, I sort of then um, kind of delved into spoken word and got involved with artists in that way. But in doing arts, um, I was introduced to the whole nonprofit industry. And so I've, I've worked for James Irvine Foundation. I've worked for Poets and Writers. Um, I've worked for the Civic Action Network, um, the Jubilee Foundation. And that's how I was able to travel to other countries and do um, activism and advocacy um, on behalf of, of communities, but it also helped build my creative um, uh, spirit too. So yes. I've always, every place I ever worked, I was always able to merge the two. Um, if some, and it's not like I would even mention it, but I know that they inform one another. Um, the fact that I just love community, they both feed off of one another. It was just a natural progression and, um, so that has allowed me to travel within the US and outside to places like Finland and Kenya and um, primarily working with other folks from the diaspora that are in different regions that need assistance but want to do it through arts and culture. Does oh, that make sense? I just love that so, so much. I feel like we need, we really need a completely different episode dedicated to that. Like just that, because I feel like there's like Osiris is an artist. I'm an artist like by proxy, but also sort of like a heavy like artist supporter. Uh -huh. And I love art. I love art and community. I feel like art is a part, art and culture is is a part of societal infrastructure. Like there's yes. running water, there's electricity, there's exactly culture, and then there's art and culture. Yeah. And there are places, you know, I know, I know it sometimes feels like how you are, that you're isolated, that there aren't a lot of folks or organizations that um, need folks like you, but trust me, they do. It's always that word of mouth. It's always just the, the knowing um, someone who suggests, I've been so blessed by people who don't even know me saying, there's this girl that does poetry in Fresno. So a man in San Francisco, Brother Jahahara Ali, came down to Fresno, hung out with me a whole weekend, got a hotel room. He worked for an organization that fundraised to send people to, for a summer in Kenya to work on the Jubilee Act. He met me one time and then he yeah. went home and did all that and then paid for my whole summer there. Yeah. Um, and those kind of opportunities come to me and they're so scary in the moment because you know your family don't recognize like what you're I don't know about y'all, but mine don't really know exactly what I, I mean. Do. We live in Little Rock, Arkansas. So you can only 
Yes. Yes. You feel me, right? Like they don't get it. But I know that he put me here for a purpose. And if this person has this reaction, who am I to say, no, it's not about me, right? And there's so many organizations that have these niche little things like fellowships or um, small patronage, like, um, you know, we need all these other to talk about this because you're in an area where that really is, it's really emerging and more people should take advantage of it. They're really putting more money into it now. Yeah, but yeah. especially with the you know caveat of every of everything being about diversity and including there you go, BIPOC and all the yep. terms and phrases. Yes. Yeah. yeah, the arts are definitely coming to uh, coming to the forefront, and a, a lot of different organizations realize the importance of it, or at least they act like it for sure. Mm-hmm. Today, somebody asked me about storytelling. And I love, mm-hmm. you know, um, you got to really be into it and, and be honest with yourselves if you're ready for the storytelling because y'all are looking for some of that uh, cliche, I hate to go with it, but that Darius Love Hall, you know what I'm saying? Everything you saw on the TV, which I love, Love Jones. It's still a, still a, still a good movie. Don't do, it. don't do him like that. Yeah, don't. You're looking for... You know what they was doing in I forget the name of the spot, the sanctuary. <laughs> you know, no, no, we got some poets that are coming with a little bit more uh intensity and a little bit more truth telling going on about society. So yeah, but that's but that's that's dope, you know what I'm saying? That you know, the arts are a part of the work that we're doing because it's really helping to liberate the minds of people and it's uplifting the youth and the yeah. young people and the leadership. And they need the arts. The arts are a part of every social justice movement. Mm-hmm. Nine it, so. Okay. Hey, can I ask you one question then real quick? Sure. Okay, so I had the pleasure of being on Sucker Free Sunday, your podcast. And it's by far like my, probably like one of my favorite interviews that I ever Because we got to just sit there and just just chop it up about music. And I could do that. My favorite subject. Yeah, I could do that all day long. I was like, man, I need to have a conversation like this every week. Talking about. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? I like your podcast. One, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know you're like a real music lover. You're a music head. You're a crate digger. You, you know, you like to put people on something good. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But tell me, I never, we never talked about it on the show. What inspired you to start Sucker Free Sunday? Because I know, uh, didn't it go from an event to the podcast? Yeah. Where, so, what's about uh, it? I think because of the pandemic, like I miss <laughs> having those gatherings, right? Like I, I really feel, I feel certain everybody needs a third place, right? You have home, you have work. But there's that always that third place that makes you feel like, you know what, this 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 is my tribe right here. You know, this is my real, my real village. So Sucker Free Sunday events, you know, we got the brunch, we got the DJs, we got all the things that I really like in one space, right? We can't do that. It's COVID. And I live alone and I'm mad social. I'm equally introverted as I am extroverted. And so I just, there's a void like a really big void and not having gatherings for me now. 
it's not just that I like to kick it. I love bringing people together. Like it's just, it's just a gift, right? So I don't get to do any of those things. I don't get to sit next to you at the bar and tell you, yo, have you heard that new pink seafood? I can't, I mean, you know what I mean? But if I'm here and I'm doing those for myself because I like, I like the stuff I like. Like I don't ever share anything that I'm not deeply moved by, right? Um, even if it's something that nobody else cares about, if it moves me, I still might want to share it with you. And so I just started creating playlists for myself. And then I thought, you know what? I'm gonna send this to Joshua. I'm sure Joshua was the first person that I sent it to because we mm -hmm. like love the same things and I wouldn't have to explain to him why I sent it. Like, why does it have commercials in it? Why is there this old Mr. T ad? Why is this- Oh, that's cool. So, um, you know, um, whatever, you know, why is there a little weird educational joint at the beginning? Um, and, you know, some attuned day in the middle, because that's who I am. I'm always like, if we in the same space together, that's exactly how I roll. So to put all of the Devoyaisms together and share them on my favorite day was just a natural progression, I think. And it helped me feel like all the people that I would kick it with that I really, like have some sort of connection with are with me. Like sometimes I don't even have to tell somebody, oh, you, and they'll text me. Did you put that Diana Ross on there for me? Yes, I did. And I'm not lying. <laughs> I'm not lying. Like, you know, people start to feel you and they know like, ain't no way in February she put this Dilla joint on here and it's not for me. And they'll text you. And it makes me feel like, oh my God, we still at the bar, you know, or we're still mm. at the show. We still connect and it's not nearly as amazing as it is in person, but it's helping that little void. No, that huge void be full. So that's how I started and that's why I continue. Dope, dope. That was a lengthy answer. I'm sorry, y'all. Nah, nah, dope. We love it. Dope, it's, it's dope that you explained it all. And shout out to Josh being yeah. one of the people that, you know what I'm saying, get those little gifts that you, that you sharing with us as music lovers and people who love the arts. Josh has always been that guy to the shared his uh his unique musical styles and his what he's been listening to. When you were talking, I thought about how he first played a Durando record for me, and I was like, yeah. who is this dude? <laughs> he's like, man, he's he got cult following, he, he was back in. When he disappeared and he popped back, he showed me a picture of the dude. I was like, he a pimp. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That dude was pimping for all the years he was gone. Okay, I got you. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. So I have a question in relation to Sunday being your favorite day. Yes. Um, how could it be your favorite day and it's so close to the worst day of the week? <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I'm very weird. I don't think about Monday ever on Sunday. I really don't. Mm. Um, I had the opportunity, you know, to grow up with a lot of dope uncles who were all young and babysat me. So, you know, my mama would work on weekends and, you know, I got like young uncles. So of course they gonna pick you up in a car on Sunday and y'all in the back seat and they riding through the park trying to like pick up girls and listening to good music, the same kind of music that inspires me to like what I like. So all, 
I'm sure it's a whole bunch of nostalgia for me. But my mm. is picking me up, listening to the Commodores is why I like Zoom. And that was a mm. Sunday. And I can't remember everything about being 11, but I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I know it's the nostalgia of having a good like childhood filled with all the things that make me who I am. Yeah. And I don't think about Monday. I need her Sunday brain. Same. I really don't. Monday be heavy on my mind, like right really? on 2 p.m., 3 p.m. Oh, like, God. <laughs> That's what I'm really in my zone is 2 to 3 p.m. on Sunday. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I started getting out of my zone about 2 or 3. Like, I started uh, like noon. You ain't even three or three. half a day? 3 or 4. Oh. Like, oh, Lord, I got and then, and then okay. when like when four or five o'clock hit, it's dark. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, oh, <laughs> like today, oh, the day, oh, the right. I'm, I'm, a, I'm gonna assist. I'm gonna assist yeah. this. y'all not doing it right. Well, I, I feel like nostalgia yeah. is a really good, um, yes. a really good reason. Do it. What? Come up with a creative <laughs> way to say it. Do it. <laughs> come on, come on. I don't know what's happening. I feel like we'll segue to the next topic. I to <laughs> yeah. Don't don't spoil it. You spoiled it. I just said do it. <laughs> you one got curious. Anybody has you be curious? Nostalgia is a great way of remembering, you know, one of our fallen great actors um, mm-hmm. who passed recently, uh, Sidney Portier. Yeah. I remember uh seeing him. You know, as a kid in A Raisin in the Sun, um, the black and white version. Mm-hmm. And it was the most like beautiful, like captivating things I had ever, ever, ever seen in my entire life. It's also one of the blackest things I remember seeing like in school because growing up in the South, like black history and black culture, black art, black moments aren't really celebrated or um, you know, uh, introduced to us in school at all, like maybe around Black History Month, but like for a very, just a very short period of time. So I just remember being completely captivated by him and a raisin in the sun and just thought like, wow, this is a force, but not really like, you know, like fe- feeling like it was a force in whatever my brain, whatever year old my brain was at the time not really knowing like the magnitude of who he was as a person and as an artist. And so I wondered if you had um, any nostalgic thoughts about him, you know, did he inspire you? Maybe what were some of your favorite things you, you saw him in and, and how, you know, how have you sort of remembered him in his passing? That's a, that's a great question. And I, and I love that you um, bring him up because he's so celebrated in so many different decades. Um, and I'll just start with grandparents, right? You know, mm-hmm. my grandparents' house and my mom, well, more in my mama's house than my grandparents. Um, Sundays, right? <laughs> you, you know, after service, after church service or after, you know, just anything, there's a time when they want the kids to come in and sit and watch something smart. And they don't tell you that's what it is. It's just family time. So he reminds me of family time because of a raisin in the sun. Yes. Because of to serve with love. 
Our mom mm-hmm. had such a crush on him that, you know, she would call us in. Okay, you know, we outside playing. We pretend like we don't want to come in for these things, but we loved it. We watched, you know, um, in the heat of the night, you know, like the original, like they had, we was kids, they had us watching this, but then you fast forward and you, you start to recognize as an adult, oh, it's not just that you're an amazing actor and that we, you, this beautiful black man gets to represent us and that there's multiple aunties who are, they get to have the opportunity, you know, to look, oh, look, this fine man. Cause that's what they were Exactly. And then you get older, you're like, oh my God, he's an activist too. Not only are you someone that these women love for these reasons, but all the things, you're about community also. And you see the, the, the way that he's able to retain who he was, right? Never having to make compromises where you was just like, oh, y'all don't watch that. You know what I mean? Uh, there's even a hallmark movie that i love that he does when he's older um Mm. that i i mean he he never he was always amazing um all those qualities and just represent us it's just those are the kind of icons that you know i hope we continue to um have because that's generational it wasn't just you know one set of folks that like introduced his work to us in various forms it was everybody yeah yeah identify with you know him being sort of like a a a sex symbol for lack of a better term yes that's the word i didn't like my grandma friend my grandma talking about him being you and my mama i'm like wow you don't really hear that back in the day i feel like he was definitely the sex symbol for the grandma in the 18th Yep. I found him to be unattractive, but I just was like, but, but that's he wasn't like my mama's he wasn't for you though. You know what I mean? Not ever, you know what right. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it definitely wasn't for me, but I feel like it's a, it like you said, it's nostalgic. Like, you know, you remember like your aunts like fawning over him. I do. And that's just was like, oh okay. I yeah, it wasn't <laughs> he, he broke down the barriers, man. Yeah. So you know, it wasn't a lot of black men. Putting that that sex symbol, like exactly. That's what I mean. Like that was kind of rare. Yeah, you know, you was like Arabella Fonte. Yeah, or Sydney Poitier. That's right. (laughs) Both of the brothers came from the Caribbean. Saturday night, he would even, you know, he was a sex symbol for certain kind of women in that too. Like he was. Yeah. (laughs) Wasn't nobody looking at Bill in that movie. They was looking at Sydney. Man. You know, I don't think there ain't too many movies that everybody was women was looking at Bill like that anyway. No, that's true. You're right. He was a you know, in that arena. I'm just gonna keep yeah. it. I'm just gonna keep it real on that. Yeah, that's true. You know, oh my God, maybe that explains things. Never mind. Hey, <laughs> you just stepped into some. You know, hey. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I recently watched him the weekend that he passed. I was Friday night. I stayed at home. I think I drink water. I may even make cocktails and watch guests (laughs) dinner. And um, I had never seen it before. Like literally just watched it. My mama made us watch it. (laughs) The weekend that he passed. Mm -hmm. And um, there was this really interesting scene in the movie where he goes off on his dad about how like you represent this 
sort of dying generation, the generation where like, you know, you see yourself as a black man, I see myself as a man. Like you sort of see yourself as a person that can only do a particular type of thing because you've been so marginalized most of your life, but like, I'm a doctor and like, you know, here I am like in this white woman's home meeting her parents and, you know, essentially I'm on the same playing field as them. And I thought that was a really like, that was one of those like moments where I was like, wow, like he was really speaking to, it almost like prophesizing what a lot of people feel about today. Like a lot of people feel about, you know, previous generations about how they were maybe a little, a little docile, like they really weren't as brave or whatever as, you know, as, as we can, as we are, we like in this moment of like, you know, racial uh, tension, all the stuff going on with these protests and so on and so forth. And so I thought that was really interesting to kind of see that these moments were happening then he was kind of leading that, like whether or not he believed it, the way that it was, um, it came across on camera was incredibly believable. And it just resonated with me just in terms of like how he was a trailblazer and Mm -hmm. talking talking to future generations um, to come in a sense. You're you're so spot on with all that. Yeah. Trailblazer in so many areas, you know? Yeah. while that feels like it was a long time ago, it really wasn't. Yeah. No. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, he always, uh, there's a quote, I'm not going to try to quote it, but uh, <laughs> basically I, I'll try to uh, describe it. Well, he talked about how he wanted to be known as just, not as a great Black actor, but just a great actor. Yeah. So it kind of goes into that moment in the movie. Although I feel a little bit differently. And, you know, I think, you know, you know, our opinions and everything is, is real. We, we can be fluid about it because you know, at some point people were looking at it like, you know, hey, we can, we're all just humans, you know, saying? we, you know, we, you don't have to look at color. And now, you know, people are understanding it like, nah, we definitely got to look at color. Mm-hmm. There is a part of the conversation and there's always going to be a part of the conversation because we can't create that utopia that we thought we were going to be able to when the civil rights movement and all this other stuff is going on. Right. You know, but I, you know what I'm saying? I, I like the roles that he played because he broke down, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, he broke down barriers, man. I got to say something about this one film. One of the films that I uh, thought about, man. You know how you watch, everybody had that feeling. When you watch the movie and you know the ending, but even you still want to watch it just to see if it's not going to happen the way it happened. One of those movies for me is The Defiant Ones. If y'all ain't seen that one. You haven't seen it? Okay. And I hate them. Well, spoiler alert. Uh, you know what I'm saying? In the Defined Ones, Sidney uh, Portier and his white co-star are it, escaped from a prison, and they are they escape and they are uh, chained together. They can't get this chain. I think I've seen clips of. Is it Tony Curtis? Oh, I feel uh, like I, have I can't. Two. I can't remember it. 
Okay. I don't know who that dude was. I just know Sidney Poitier is in that joint. But yeah, it might be Tony. Tony could be up, you know, or Curtis, one of them. I feel like I've seen clips of it now that you're saying, saying it. Yeah. Yeah. But so in this movie, they spend this whole time getting to know each other and they trying to escape the bloodhounds on their trail or whatever. And then they find at the end of the film, they finally make it. They broke away from each other and they finally make it. And they Sidney Poitier character Cullen, he runs. He run and he get, get on the train. And his white little co-star, he hobbling. You know, he didn't got he got injured a little bit. <laughs> he he said, to make it to the train. He trying to make it to the train. And Sydney, like, come on, man. He got his arm out here. Oh no. He, he jump on his train. And he can't make it. He just can't keep up. He's just too tired from all the whole experience. And Sydney could have rode that train. Beat him. He but could, what he do? He could have been Harry Tubbs. You know what he did. What he I do? Know what he he did. jumped off the train. <laughs> wow. Homie couldn't jump on the train with him. <laughs> and homie was so injured and so tired that what did they do? He sat there, held him in his arms, and sang. And really? the sheriff and the bloodhounds came to capture them. <laughs> I was sitting there like, why, bro? Why? What's the country? I feel like I we never knew this. The, the, the fine ones. But oh, I ain't gonna watch it. <laughs> I mean, you got I man, well, I didn't watch it several times. Like I said, I didn't watch it. I'm like, come on, man, don't wow. Man, don't get off that train. But wait, 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 wait. Was that you said they were still trained together? No, they wasn't at that point. Oh. At first they was. I they was they was know. they was wanting to break apart for a while, and then finally they broke the little shackles. No, shackles. Went, That's not realistic. It was not doing it. That's not realistic. Man, especially not back then. I don't think it was. Hell no. I mean, he would have slowed you all the way up. When, when oh, thank you. Down, you know, they'd have been like, "Who's gonna see?" You, but you yeah. know. <laughs> he would he would he would have turned all the way around and I don't know him, sir. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't want he looks like a troublemaker. But yeah, man, that movie, that's one of the movies I yell at the TV. <laughs> on, a, on a lighter note, uh-huh. got I gotta shout out the trilogy that he did with Bill Cosby here, Bill Fonte, all of them. Yeah, I uh, love those movies. Uptown Saturday night, let's do it again. And, and a, what a piece of action. Yeah, they were. They was fun. They was all. They sure was. And I didn't realize until I got older that they had different names in every movie. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, oh my god! Look, they got. They is not the same names in all those movies. Uh, I wow, this is um some black people right here. But it's like, a, but it's like a trilogy. Like a trilogy, yo. Yeah. yeah. Wow. You gotta go watch those movies, man. Got you. Well, I definitely will. And you know, rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to City Portier. Shout out to the Caribbean folk. Yeah. Yes. We'll forever remember him and his his work. It'll be great. Most definitely. Already. <laughs> you know, you know, um, we like to talk about a number of things, and it seemed like every episode over this last year, we keep on. And giving a shout out to somebody who passed away. I'm just like, 
It's like at least every other show. It really, it really is. That also has to do with like our our consistency in reporting. So maybe we should record more. So it don't yeah. feel like every episode we somebody died. Okay, so we'll do that. That's that's the that's a resolution for 2022. Um me uh, that resolution. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a it's a it's a boo in Bali resolution. I like it. Oh, uh, you know what I'm saying? So, I, you know, me and Bowie be having conversations. When we go in to try our new brookies and talk about our future plans for what the period of month's going to be, man, we always, you know, like to go find a spot to go do this, do this, that, and we, uh, we always have an interesting time. And seeing always bring the conversations of our service that we're getting from. <laughs> or the bartender. Yeah. Okay. Or whatever they consider themselves, you know what I'm saying? They, they got all types of different names for them. Yeah. Uh, what they call bar keys? They call them? Oh, call them? bar keys or bar backs. Bar backs, all yeah. that type of stuff. But anyway, you know what I'm saying? We just got to talking recently about uh, tipping. Mm-hmm. And uh, is, it, is it something that we need to get rid of? And I, I start off by just saying, you know, I understand some people work just for tips. Mm, yes. Um, you know, that's the only way they get paid for the most part. And so, you know, I definitely ain't down with like taking they they a uh, form of uh, income away. But we're talking about, you know, making workplace environments, uh, you know, so have to take care of their employees. Hmm livable wages and give benefits to their full-time employees and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, on a on another note, like, I, I just got to mention that, like, you know, I think I'm a pretty good tipper. You know what I'm saying? I'm always, I think I'm always, for the most part, at least 15%, or, you know, or, and a lot of times more than 15%, you know what I'm saying? Because I, I, I like to take people take care of people that's in the service industry because it's something I never want to go back and do again. Yeah, I heard that. And I understand that, that you know, if that's your options. Hey, you know, good service, I'm going to tip good. Yep. Uh, I think that, like, tipping, you know, it ain't... People always talk about Black people and they have Black people that don't tip. And I I got I to gotta say this right here. I, the Black people I kick you with, they know how to tip. They, and they tip good. You want to... Mm-hmm. Want to get our table because we might make bad. I'm gonna tell you some jokes. You have, <laughs> you have a good time interacting with us on your ship, and even if we don't do a whole lot of talking to you, you still ain't got to worry about going back and forth, running around, throwing your back out trying to please. Us. You know what I'm saying? But you know what I'm saying? But I gotta say this: my parents didn't teach me about tipping. I thought they were being irresponsible when doing it. They they just did it. They just did it, and it wasn't a big deal to, like, this is what you do. But we didn't really go out to eat a whole lot. Like, when we went out to eat, it was a reason we was out to eat. Yeah. Sunday after church. Right. Uh, that might have been it. For With us. no more examples, really hardly. I was gonna say, I think I don't. I think that was it for us. Yeah. Yeah, that might have been it. I mean, it had to, it had to be somebody's birthday. My granny want to go do something, but we didn't just like, oh, it's Tuesday. Oh, we don't feel like. Let's just go out to get something to eat. If it happened, it was rare. 
And we was appreciative to be at a restaurant, so we tried to really, you know, act right so we can go out again. Talking about me and my siblings. But it, but like I think uh a lot of people say black people don't tip, but I'm like, I remember working with youth and I would take them to the restaurant, you know, Monday through Friday program, take them to the restaurant in the summertime, just to go do something different. And a lot of times, this was these kids' only time ever going out to eat somewhere that wasn't a fast food franchise. This was the only time going out to eat with somebody that wasn't their family. And then the kids used to pay so much attention to me because they were going for free. They didn't have to come out of their pocket. So they want to see how is he going to pay for 40 of us to eat. And I, hey, and I made sure, I'm like, hey, the See how they gave they gave a service and everything like that. Like, yo, tip them when they do well like this. And a lot of times it was already built in gratuity because when you got a big large group, they 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 like you ain't gonna get away without no <laughs> word. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? The gr- don't forget the gratuity, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, I had to tell them, like, look, man, she or he, they work hard and they gotta, you know, they gotta get tip for that. Or even when they would deliver pieces to the Boys and Girls Club, I'd be like, look, I know it said fifteen thirty four on your receipt. Please don't go around here asking for four pennies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that $15.34. Uh, quarter, nickel, and four pennies. I mean, I got it for you. But it's, yeah. he, she, they drove that piece over here. Man, shoot them a, a few dollars. Three, four, mm-hmm. like that for yeah. delivering it. Like, wow. I'm like, because that's, that's how they live. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Pay for the pizza, you didn't pay for them. You know what I'm saying? And so I think it's something that we have to teach them. But let's be real. A lot of these kids don't get the opportunity to even see, tipping, and understand that. So when they get older and they go out, it's not they're being disrespectful. It's like it's something they've never seen before. All they've ever, all they've ever seen is receipts and pay the bill. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And probably had some bills in their name at some point. But we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> so too. That's a whole nother echelon. You're right. You're right. But yeah, I mean, I know you got some thoughts on it all, man. Yeah, but I was wondering what the boy thinks. Oh, okay. About tipping? Yeah. Um, I I agree. I, I wasn't, I don't, I don't think anybody ever told me how to tip. You just know, you know, I have, I have so many relatives that, you know, had to really work hard and like low paying wages. And so tips are very beneficial if you are made, right? And not everybody understands when you go to a hotel, it's customary, you know, to leave a little something or in all these different industries, I don't think anybody like ever explained it to me. I just always noticed it. But as you said, we didn't really go, we didn't go out like that. You know, my mom had five kids. It was not, you know, there's no way she would, we would be going many places very often. And when we did, I know for a fact she tipped because she would complain, um, <laughs> her ex, um, when he wouldn't tip well. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember those arguments and he was just like, look, they get paid and her saying, uh-uh, you're not doing that with me. Because she had five kids at the table and knew they had probably worked real hard, and you you better tip. And I do rem- I do remember that. But um, yeah, I don't I don't have a problem tipping. It makes me feel like 
I reckon, especially now during the pandemic, yeah, I really recognize people really are getting treated like real bad in a lot mm -hmm. of different spaces mm -hmm. and not making much at all. And so I actually, I'm gonna be honest with you, I, you know, I keep a whole bunch of ones in my console. So if the person that's washing, you know, my car, when I go through the little drive thing that do the little water part, yeah, I'm gonna put, you know, I'm gonna put $2 in there and guess what? Them kids always remember me. <laughs> they, mm -hmm. I, I get treated, you know, um, well, because people know this is not an exchange of just goods, but I see you also. <clears throat> That's how I put my tips. Like, I see you. I know what, I know what this is about. A red carpet car wash on Tellarian first in Fresno. I, don't, I didn't make new friends these two years, right? I wasn't, I didn't do anything. I make friends all the time, but the friends that I made are all service industry people because mm. of the tip, I think. And not even, it's not even gross though. It's beautiful. Like, hey, like the little point and the, you know, they put the little happy face on the car. <laughs> the least expensive watch. They will hold the whole lineup and treat me like a queen. Like they'd be doing everything all because of a $5 tip. And I'm yeah. like, wow, it's just, it makes, I think it makes all of us feel good. Like we all yeah. take care of each other right now. Yeah. yeah. We have to, who else is, right? That's all. Need to carry that holiday season attitude all year I long, think. you know? I do, I do. Looking at, looking at everybody like, you know, we all matter. I, I really do. I just have always felt, you know, like if I have it, I'm gonna break you off because I see you. Yeah. So I did some researching around tipping. Apparently, mm -hmm. it started and got really popular when uh, restaurants decided, you know, that they would pay uh, formerly formerly enslaved Africans zero dollars. Um, they would pay them zero dollars as a wage and ask them to rely solely on tips to actually make a living. And so that's where the practice of tip, like of tipping actually like was formulated and born. I never knew this. Yeah. Bookworm. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course it's sort of like, you know, progressed to what it is today. Um, is it only in the US, can I ask? So it was, it was popular in Europe as well. So there, there, there were- oh, they brought it with them when they- Right. Okay. And so for me, like, I definitely 100% agree with, like, us helping each other out. You know what I mean? That makes sense why in other countries I'm always told, no, 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 don't do that. That's real. Don't do that. Yeah. I get that in Mexico, and I got that in Finland. Yeah. Whoa. So to me, I feel like it's a really interesting, like, practice. The other thing that I feel like is bothersome for me about tipping is it's another way to sort of like racially discriminate against people both people who are being serviced and then people who are who are the servers mm -hmm. you know like as a black person that has that is avidly goes out to restaurants and bars and everything literally all over the world i know when i'm being being poorly served mm -hmm. by somebody oh, yeah okay i was wondering what you mean by that. oh yeah you know immediately 
Like, and it's almost like, well, I don't really understand like what reason you have to be poor, like be a poor server to me. I don't, we don't know each other. I just kind of showed up here. I don't know you from a can of paint and vice versa, but like, I'm kind of being poorly served, you know? And then there, I know- what do you do? Can I ask you what you do in those situations? I'll um, you. Um, it depends. It depends on how bad the service is. Like sometimes I try to like lighten the mood and just try to talk to them and see like, what's going on? Like, mm-hmm. you know, oh girl, you know, nice highlights. Like, you know, I love your eyeshadow or, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, <I'm listening. laughs> try to be, try to break the ice to see if there's like a little bit like a silver lining and, you know, Maybe there's a sense of like, oh, I don't have camaraderie with this person. So let me try to insert camaraderie so that we can just be cool. Um, sometimes I give them a hard time and I'm just like, hello, <laughs> like I need all the things. I need I <laughs> it's dust over here floating around on this table. Like, you know, I need like I need I need help. You have to help. You have, you know, and then um Sometimes I'm just indifferent. It just, you know, just depends on the day and what's going on and how I feel. If I feel vastly disrespected, then then things kind of are escalated for me. Like I be real, I'm petty, essentially. <laughs> but I still feel like I tip in the end. Um, you still tip, even if you know that it's a racially tinged exchange. Um, as to so yes. I still tip. I tip very low. Um, there have been instances where I just was like, this is 100% acceptable. Like if I've had to wait 30 minutes for you to come and, you know, say, hello, can I get you some water? Then I probably won't tip you at all. But um, in instances where I feel like, wow, this is kind of disrespectful. Like I still tip it just low. Um, anyway, for me, I feel like I really want there to be some... A, a, a different structure for people in the service industry. Like there's so many different service industries that exist now, like not just in restauranting, not just in like hospitality, but with the onset of like these delivery services, Instacart, Uber, you know, and uh, DoorDash and all these things, like it's a service that like people are providing for you. And I saw like during the pandemic, like if ever I ordered DoorDash or Instacart or something, there was like this big push to like tip people, like leave a tip for your, you know, Instacart person because that's how they get paid. And while I could appreciate that because it was sort of like a teachable moment for people who probably didn't know or didn't even think about it, you know, mm-hmm. like tipping the Instacart or tipping the bite squad. Like me personally, I would have never thought about it. Never thought about it to begin with, you know, because I'm thinking, these people get paid a livable wage. Like, why do they need a tip? You know what I'm saying? Well, that's where, that's where, okay. You know what I mean? Like, in my <laughs> brain, I'm like, the Uber people's over here working part-time. They got, they probably over here making $70,000. They over here just uh, driving you up and down the street for a little part-time money you away from their wife or something. They straight. But it's like, no, like, these people are working for pennies on this Uber app. And then they are... <laughs> They are needing your tip to kind of bump up their income. And so for me, like, while I understand that, like, it's a first world problem, like, oh, my God, I get to 
take an Uber and like they want me to tip, like how dare you kind of thing. It sort of feels like these companies are kind of getting over on people in the service industry by not paying them well. And that's everywhere. It's not just the service industry. That's all the industries. Yeah. I mean, look at the minimum wage. They fought tooth and nail for $15 an hour. You can't get an apartment for $15 an hour here. You sure can't for nowhere. Yeah. It's not, I mean, that's not, yeah. So I don't mind, but I understand how difficult it can be for others to kind of grasp whether or not they need to tip or they should tip and what's happening to those people. But I have the lens of every day, every client I see has a year's worth of, you know, unpaid rent. We're talking about your mental health, but you also need housing because you're not going to pay that livable wage. And so, yeah, the onus shouldn't be on everybody to help everybody, but but shouldn't it though? I mean, we're supposed to help. We are supposed to help one another regardless. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. But then I also wonder like, I mean, how much are we helping? You know? Like the little that we do, he said he might tip like 15%. If everybody at the table tip 15% for this, you know, particular person at this particular, I, you know, like you have friends who are servers where some of them are, you know, they talk about, oh, I did really good today. And then sometimes they be like, I ain't made no money today. And it's almost not even, it's almost not even about tipping. It's like, well, okay, well, what if this week? You know what I'm saying? It, the pandemic is is getting everybody on the back. <gasps> my brother, my brother Keith for a whole year didn't tip. I just remembered that when you said that. What? For a whole year. Um, in 2019, he refused to tip because he is that dude. Um, and he said he was going to put everything he would have tipped in a jar and go on a trip. And he did. I swear to God, I just remembered this. <clears throat> Where did he go? Where did God I just remembered this? Where did he go? Two of that is where did he go? Francisco. I feel like they went to Washington. They went somewhere yeah. close. Well, what about Washington State? You know. Oh, state of Washington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I completely forgot about that. Yes. Keith Hall, um, the same person who makes, if you ask him for change, he will ask you to provide some sort of entertainment and then it'll give you change. That's who that dude is. Okay, no. Oh, wow. I'm, ta- I'm not talking about that. No, no, no. I wasn't me <laughs> with that. I'm just telling you that's what he did. But the other side of that is he's also the person that went to San Francisco with me once and was appalled by his receipts. Because when you go to a restaurant, it's a percentage for tip, it's a percentage for healthcare, and it's a percentage for the city tax. Oh, that's on top of your regular California tax. So he was just, he was just like, "What?" And I'm like, "No, no, no. You don't like to tip. You don't tip. They should get paid. So look, you're paying for all of that right there. So they break it down. You get, yeah. you get taxed four times in restaurants there to take care of this issue. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm that's the only city I know that does that though. I don't know about yeah. places." I just wonder what it would look like, you know, because like I mentioned, like if there's a week 
where it, where there is a week in restauranting where sales are down, people aren't coming. You can't rely on tips for for, for wages. You can't rely on that. If you're, if you're I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> if you're if you're like selling, you know what I mean? Like if today, if this week people aren't coming into the restaurant, they can't tip you wages. You won't get tips. You'll get poorly tipped. You cash out that week and your wages will be down. I think you just you just explained the whole pandemic. Not yeah. only did they not tip, they didn't have jobs. Right. Exactly. And, and <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. I just feel like there should be some sort of like feel safe when people can't do it, or when capitalism is you know hard at work or not hard at work. People should still be getting paid. (laughs) People should still be getting paid. Capitalism is a hater. They don't take no sick days. (laughs) Hard at work every day. Not even in every day. And it's and it's a. We took. I, I don't know how many sick days y'all got um, when when this happened, but I think we got like a month. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. Yeah. No, if you got sick. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, it was two weeks. Two weeks or something. But the state paid for that. That's it. Like you got to be better. I don't care if your whole family is ill. This is what you get, and boom. And that's yeah. not help everybody either. Well. Well, speaking of restaurants and things. Look at her. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, well, you don't have to do that segue because I already talked about that one at the beginning. Did you? I did. The dive bar? I, I did. I, I mentioned. Favorite dive bar in Whitewater Tavern? Well, no, not favorite dive bar, just dive bars in general. I was just going to just mention them. That's all. We can talk more about that if you like, though. I don't want to take your time. Look, <laughs> <laughs> as you can see, you, you, you see who the conductor on this train is. <laughs> <laughs> no, then let's then let's let's pivot. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I I, I pivot, you pivot, you know what I'm saying? Let's pivot to Osiris being an ordained minister and how that works in his life. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you how it worked. I'm gonna tell you how it worked. You know, uh, it worked when I wanted to work. Sure. When I want to bring my certifications out, that's when I, that's when it worked. We ain't worried about none of the yeen haters. Yeah. We ain't worried about none of the yeen haters because when I know what I do come through with something to say, I'm coming through with sound doctrine. Okay, um, so don't worry about you know where my classifications come from, my theology come from. It's black liberation over here. Okay. But uh man, but look, but look, let's 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 uh let's ponder and pontificate a little bit. Yeah. I know you probably seen that video. <laughs> that video. Oh. That's why I can't even rock with him. He ain't come from my alma mater. He ain't come from my alma mater. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You know, he he's struggling. The Church I, of Boom Baptist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> First off, that's not alma mater. Oh. <laughs> That's my institution, so get it, get it right, get it right. You know what I'm saying? That's why you always got to be ready for your haters. You never know when they might try to come through with sarcasm for you. 
<laughs> well, you got sarcasm. Guess what? I'm coming back with the actuals and the factuals. Okay. While you while you over there trying to be uh, disruptive and uh, work with the author of confusion. Uh, you know I don't deal. You know what I'm saying? Because folly with your own hands will tear your house down. Okay. You didn't. But guess what? You came to the right one. Okay. Folly with your own hands will tear this house down. Right. All right. Let's do it. Yeah. Hiding behind the mockery. And when we talk about hiding behind mockery, let's talk about this pastor right here. Okay. So I watched the video. I never even heard of this guy, uh, Pastor Mike Todd. Mm hmm. He wants to talk about uh, in this video. He's standing in the pulpit with this uh, with this guy, and he wants to talk about how you know it, how miracles work and how if God does something, you know uh, it might get nasty. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know, what I'm saying before things start looking on the up and up. And this brother, man, he ain't. I can't even call him a sibling. This man right here, he. Spit in his hand, and I, not just regular spit. He hocked up a loogie, flim. He hocked it up, spit in his hand twice. I guess he was trying to talk about the story when Jesus spit in the sand and put the sand over the blind man's eyes to give him vision. Yeah, but that brother walked up there on his own accord without a, without a cane or a stick. So I don't know what the, what. The vision was on that. And sir was not Jesus. And he spit, thank you. That part. Yeah, yeah. He put his spit saliva phlegm all over this dude's face, rubbed it in. And hey, like y'all, like y'all just say, he not Jesus. Um, and then at the same time, man, I was, you know, I'm looking at that man standing up there. Because I was that's his brother. That was who? That's that's his brother. Okay. That's even more that my brother can't do none of that type of stuff to me. <laughs> my I real my okay. real brother. You know what I'm saying? Uh he stood there and let that let him do that. And I'm thinking in my mind, let somebody try to do that to me. It would have been to, to the thug up club. <laughs> I'm sorry. Tell the tell the club of thugs kicking it with the hot boys. I would have, I would have, I would have broke every chain, every shackle. I would have, I would, I would have tore down the walls of it. Don't put your spit on me, man. Like that was like that's like an ultimate sign of disrespect for somebody to even spit at you, right? You to just willingly just rub it on me, man. And you know, I'm thinking like that's just crazy. And but it's a lot of people talking about. If you not in, don't understand the, uh, the spiritual context of what he was doing, it ain't really? for you. It ain't for you because you haven't gained. I, I look, I don't want that spiritual. I don't want that that understanding because I understand one thing: it's a pandemic, and putting your your negative COVID spit <laughs> oh <my laughs> on yeah. somebody ain't yep. no good idea. Ain't no good idea. And we're talking about bodily fluids at this point. Come on. What are we doing next? Pissing in cups and let people drink it? Blah. I mean, what, 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 what are we talking about doing? Yeah. We, 
We we put a poop a scoop on people. What are we, <laughs> yeah. we doing to prove a point? I'm just saying we, we leave a fecal matter on people. <laughs> I'm saying like, why do people think that? Why do people think that was cool? Why does he think that was even cool? And I, and I'm just saying like you mocking, I, I you mocking the own the word you say you believe in when you do stuff like that. Yeah, and, for sure. But if it's one thing I do know. If you want to do something crazy and get away with it, just be a pastor. Because uh, uh. I, I, I guarantee you probably ain't losing his job. All, well, all pastors got to do is just apologize. And we didn't even do that. That was my next question. Did he even, like, he make yeah. a statement or anything? Yeah, he made a statement and said that he mockingly made a statement and said he wanted to address when the spit hit the fan. What? Um, yeah, and said that he watched the playback, which I thought that was almost insane to me. Like, you had to watch the playback, but he said he watched the playback, and he was like, yeah, you guys are right. It's disgusting, and I validate your feelings. And You got to watch the playback when you were there. You, you see, right? It is. When you glossed his face. You know, you know when you... You know, first of all, yeah, all everything from start to finish, like, you were there, you did it, but he had to watch the playback in order for it to resonate that it was disgusting. But he never, to me, for me, it was like, your apology should have been like, that was a very arrogant hmm. uh, thing of me to do. Like, I had a sense, I had this air about myself that like, this is that I can behave this way. Um, and you all could see it as Christ-like or some religious formation. Oh. And that, that is not of God. Like, I should not have taken on this, you know, deity that I'm not to prove a point. And that wasn't the apology. The mm-hmm. apology was more so along the lines of, like, see you next Sunday. Like, <laughs> and, like, this well, I seen the suit. The suit already told me. You know? That little tiny suit already told me when I saw the video. It was a like, tiny suit? <laughs> yeah. It was a little, it was a little, you know. <laughs> I just thought, oh, he's full of himself. Um, ego say that's it. It's that it was all ego and not, you know, oh. the and now tell me the scripture that you that you feel like he was trying to replicate because I didn't know that. Yeah, so I don't know the scripture, but there, it's a. Parable. You don't know it either. Yeah, it's a clearly. <laughs> it's a parable or something where oh. you know, where Jesus was healing people. Yeah. And he he spit he spit in his hand and mixed it with mud and, yeah, well, and, and smeared it over the guy's eyes. Yeah, to get can see, but the yeah. man was blind. You know what I'm saying? Oh. And so okay. he was healed when Jesus mixed the spit in dirt and made mud, and he was healed, which I think is great. You know, but he can't equate what he did to. Oh you, my! Well, in the man, you not not have, no. that's right. That's true. You're right. Not mm-hmm. Yahweh. You're not Yahshua. Not Elohim. We need to. We still have to cover. We have a. We, we really have been trying to cover the episode on cults for four years now. I'm just oh, wow! You, to you, and we really have to do it. For the people, please do it. I would love read to the know. Hebrew word. Ain't no J in there. I'm giving it to the Yahshua, Yahweh, Elohim. I'm just giving it to them. Okay, man. It's always got to be this. <laughs> shout out to oh, this, shout out to the Institute of Metaphysical Divine Research. 
He's okay. Still confrontational today. I don't know what I don't I'm know not, what I did to him. I'm not. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I'm I'm excited. You excited about what? That Devoya is still here to talk to us. Oh, really? <laughs> that we didn't run her away. Because nobody spitting on her. <laughs> Word up. Come on. Uh-uh. Hey, and if somebody do a call your boy, I'm coming. No, uh, y'all the same. With the y'all the same for you, okay? <laughs> okay. Do we have time for one more topic? Um, are you sure we have we finished everything we're gonna talk about? I believe so. Man, we okay. talked about dive bars. We okay. introduced Devoya and how her incredibleness. Okay. We talked about tipping that I'm apparently the only person who you know is against it. We nah, um, no, nah, you not. Nah. We just gotta have some things fixed so we don't have to do it. I'm just saying though, I might not ever stop tipping. Okay. But if they get paid, but I might start tipping a little bit less. Okay. Yeah. If if you got that receipt, that San Francisco receipt, I, I, yeah, you'd be like, oh, all right. I'm not opposed to either. Uh, I'm not opposed to it either. It would be closer to Devoya in San Francisco, right? Um, oh, yeah. And then we talked about the, the preacher guy. Oh, really? Okay. So we got one more thing to discuss. Okay. So this is one. So we want to talk about houses. Because everybody needs to have to say that. Oh, really? Uh, well, Let me find the list. Not the house, uh, not the houses that go battle on the weekends. No, not the house that you physically live in. Okay, we talk. It's a, okay, so she's talking about it's this theme going around on social media where people say pick which house you would live in, and it's all about uh, music. A musical house. A music house. Okay, I just pulled up your your text that you sent me. You sent me the houses. Yeah, you got it right here. And so yeah. this this is the house that I was gonna post, but I never posted it. Okay. I this list either. I didn't make the list. Oh, either. you got your own list? I never even thought about it. Yeah, that. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't released my list yet. Okay. I picked somebody else's list. Okay. So Devoya, since you're the resident DJ, what what house do you what house would you belong to? Hold on, hold on, hold on. The listeners don't know what houses we're talking about. Oh, that's true. Can I can I say the houses for sure. the Okay. Okay, so y'all, sorry for people who just listen to um, you know, <laughs> RB and the radio and you too sexy for your shirt with Drake and <laughs> Um, but I it was one house that I I hadn't seen nobody do a jazz house yet. Mm. And so um so they did a house for jazz, and these houses are like I think pretty dope, um, but they are they don't have the equal number of people on them, which, which I think is kind of sad. Yeah, but then I had to explain that some of these people like kind of make up for more than one person. So, okay, so here's the houses real quick, and then you know y'all can go Google these names later if you don't know who we talking about. But um, house one: Benny Maupin, Herbie Hancock, Paul Jackson, Mike Clark, Bill Summers. House two. Duke Ellington, Charles Mingus, and Max Roach. House three, Pharaoh Sanders, Alice Coltrane, Cecil McBee, and Rashid Ali. House four, Don Cherry, Ornette Coleman, Charlie Hayden, Billy Higgins. House five, Charlie Rouse, Thelonious Monk, 
John Orr, Frankie Dunlop, and House Six, Blue Mitchell, Lou Donaldson, Melvin Sparks, Dr. Lonnie Smith, Jimmy Lewis, and Idris Muhammad. These are all jazz greats. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe we can share that on social media. So for people. Yeah, who, yeah. But uh, do you have a certain house that you would prefer to be in? Y'all gonna share? Y'all gonna share which houses? Y'all y'all would be? Oh yeah, I'm definitely yeah, gonna share my house. Okay, my okay. House. This is hard. I'm gonna be honest with you. This is this one was hard because there's a, you know there's so many that you would like. Ooh, I'm, if I could take Herbie from this house, you know, it, you know, I was doing that. This how I knew we. This how I know. <laughs> I was I was creating. I was like, ooh. I would, right? do, da, 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 da. but that's not allowed. I didn't want to. I didn't want to mess, mess. You know, change it up. So I really had to pare it down, and I pared it down to two houses. I okay. pared down to house because of Pharaoh Sanders, uh, yes. and Alice Coltrane, and yes. I mean, come on, let's just be real. The house three is fire, um, yeah. and house six is fire too. Like. I really, you know, all my blue note shit, um, you know, uh, all the quest samples, like, I mean, Lou Donaldson, come on, Mad Lib, liberally, like, decimated almost all the albums in House 6. So I'm just going to, I know I'm not supposed to, but I'm going to just tie it up with House. I would just be on the weekends at one and then on the other one, that's what I would do. Three and six, please. Man. <laughs> okay. She she completed her part of this task. <laughs> I'm gonna let her I'm gonna let her survive on now. So it's so funny for me because like there's so many names on here that I don't know. Like I know so many names, and then there's so many names that I don't know. But then it's just like, well, for me, I feel like of course, Thelonious Monk stands out a lot. Mm-hmm. And of course, Pharaoh St- Sanders and Alice Coltrane mm-hmm. a lot. And Herbie Hancock. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Duke Ellington. And Duke Ellington. You know a lot more than what you think. Look at you. Right. But, but like, I don't know anybody in House Six. Like, you I don't? don't? Know, I don't yes, know. Yes, you do. Andrew Muhammad or Dr. Lonnie Smith? Oh. oh wow, I didn't know that. Like, we gotta go, we gotta do some jazz vinyl shop. Well, and that's like so my first vinyl that I ever got was Duke Ellington. What? So it's an original press. So it's an original press. The, oh my god. The thing all been like you know, the album cover all toe up and everything. But, but it's original. It's original, yeah. yeah. Um and but then I I know people like well they're not they're not on a list so it doesn't matter so for of course me, it matters like I feel like House Three oh, mainly because Pharaoh Sanders and Alice Coltrane wow I didn't think we was all gonna agree on the same house <laughs> are we all in the same house yes yeah yes. I got my people with me. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I said I said house three. I mean, I'm 
Anybody who talked to me know I'm a, like a really big fan of Pharaoh Sanders. Yeah. I was just listening to uh to his latest uh you know what I'm saying joint he did with the people in Europe with the orchestra. Oh uh, I can't remember their name, but you know, he he the star anyway. So but yeah, and, and I love Alice Coltrane as well. Uh and then, you know, Rashid Ali, dope drummer, played with a lot of Good people, mainly Cold Train, towards the end of his life. And then Cecil McBee, uh, man, uh, dope bassist, man. You know, he played with some of like, so many of the greats, Miles, Yusef Latif. Man, I would be all the way in digging it. And then, you know, so I got to have a, like a, a, a. Like on the weekend, you know, there's like another house you creep to. Uh, I got to have that womanly presence. So I don't, I don't remember none of, nobody was having women in their house besides Alex. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. See, that's what I was saying about. I just we gonna have to make our own. It's disjointed, yeah. you know. But man, you know, I man, uh, I would just watch Ordinary Coleman. Uh, man, that movie uh, documentary he did it was such an interesting documentary. I ain't never seen nobody do a documentary like this. But Ordinary Coleman was in House Four, and man, that he's super dope. Super dope. Of course, two. Like I, like I already mentioned, two, man. Three legends. And then House One got Herbie Hancock. Man. So it's a bunch. And then Thelonious in five, man. Thelonious yep. Monk. You know, perfect time and Mr. Perfect Time in himself. And Max Roach is in House Two. Yes. Yeah. And we, then we should, um, as a matter of black, should create some houses and then Sucker Free Sunday should create some houses. Yeah. How about we that? Got, we got to do that. We got to do that. And I got to. I did not even notice. there. There's not another woman on here. It's just the one woman. Not even Dorothy Ashby. You would think they would like want to just get someone close and, you know, switch it okay. up. Um, I would like to Lincoln. Sorry. Go ahead. I was just want to say I would like to mention that I got to see Pharaoh Sanders perform live. What? I would like to mention how she is a hater for doing that right now. <laughs> Because real, it real man, she's trying to piss. That's beautiful. Me, trying to piss me off. That's what it is, right there, man. Oh. I want to hear. Uh, rest, rest in, rest in peace, rest in power to uh, Dr. Lonnie Smith. He passed away last year in oh. September. Uh, one of the greatest organists, man. You know, what I'm saying you'll probably ever. Dr. Lonnie Smith. Yeah. She a full fledged hater for just even mentioning that Pharaoh Sanders right there. Full wow. fledged. Well, I could be a hater too. I had dinner with Max Roach's daughter. Like oh, wow. He no, didn't no. know it was his daughter till the middle of the dinner. You're not a hater. You're not a hater for sharing that. Oh, thank you. For the Pharaoh Sanders. Uh, There's comment. a backstory. Yeah. Oh, okay. We want to subject you to that. I know you would never. Javoya, <laughs> we're so happy you got to join us. And I'm so happy and thrilled that you invited me. Thank you. It was a real honor to be here with so y'all. Well, we're so appreciative of your thoughts and the light that you bring to art and culture and community. Oh, thank you. Activism yeah. and music. And happy Black girls all over the world. Yes. Yeah, you are a uh, you are a guide out here. You a networker, mm-hmm. uh, and you know what I'm saying you are a pillar in your community and around the world doing what you do because people are checking you off all over. I just want to give you the opportunity to uh, you know just shout out 
yeah. you know, any projects, any social media we need to be paying attention to, or any places we need to be checking out for you and your work and your creativity. Oh, thank you for thank you for the offer of that. Yes. Um, <laughs> and thank you both for inviting me. I really did. I enjoyed um, this evening with y'all. So thank you for having me on the show. Um, projects. So we talked about the Sucker Free Sunday yes. podcast, but I have my own personal Sucker Free Sunday playlist that I um, put out every Sunday. Well, not every Sunday. I've been sporadic with it recently because um, I like to do things when I feel them and I hadn't felt it in a couple of weeks, but I created something called the extended play. And so once a month, I'm going to create um, a little subscription box for lack of a better word. Um, that's the third realm of the Sucker Free Sunday playlist. So mm. an example of that would be this last playlist that I did um, really talks a lot, you know, it starts with Saul Williams. It talks about art having a nutritional value. Um, there's a song called Gumbo. Um, Q-Tip is on the playlist. So the mm. subscription box, I just, things just kept coming to me the whole time I was here. And so the box is an extension, extended play of the playlist. So it has some Creole seasoning in it. Um, my favorite Q-tips. Yeah, I got favorite Q-tips. Everybody got something weird. That's so cool. Um, salt is on the playlist. So some specialty salts. Um, a natural comb is in the, in the subscription because it's a whole lot of folks with Afros in this playlist with naturals. Um, there's some black eyed peas in there because it's a new year. Just random things that I create, I'm gonna just put together so people feel like they like legit with me that day. So there'll be incense inside, um, just random things that, not not random, hand-selected items that are an extension of that playlist. Um, I also, what else am I doing? Oh my God. I just, I designed my own um, wrapping paper over the holiday break because sometimes I want to wrap a gift and see the Reverend Al Green and you can't find oh. it at the store. So I created it and I found a vendor to print it and they mm. sent me all my stuff this week and it looks good. So um, soon I'll have my own little craft show that someone's going to help me record next week and I will be showing folks um, things that I've made. And if they want to purchase them, they can. That's not the sole purpose of it. I just think that there should be things available to dope people that are not available. Oh, and I created some um, Gregory Isaacs wrapping paper because I love him. And uh, choice. That's hey, so good. Time out, time out. Okay. Now, you're giving such good information. I just yeah. want to say. I'm so sorry. I'll wrap it up. No, 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 no. I was like, can I please get an invite, a link to that to that viewing yeah. party you was talking about? Sure. Because uh, last time I got some gifts from you, everybody was asking me, where did I get that? I'm talking about the budget that you had sent me. Them wow. And man, I, somebody stole them from me. <laughs> That's how you know it's good. Yeah. I didn't, even, I didn't even get mad. I was like, I can't leave my... You can't get mad if it's boost and worthy they was yeah I just, can't, I just can't leave my jacket everywhere but 
Okay, so you want you? Yeah, no, I just you know, it's unfortunate that I have so much downtime, but it's because of the pandemic. But I can't not do things, so yeah. um, I just been making random stuff, and I love it. But I haven't posted most of it because I want the photos to be good, and mm-hmm. I don't um, have that ability myself. So I found someone today, as a matter of fact, who's going to come to my apartment and photograph everything. And um, yeah, there'll there'll be some there'll be some random devoyness out there soon. So y'all look for it. Okay. There'll be some in my house too, I'd imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yes. In, in, invite with the link. I want to yeah. come to the okay. your your crafts. Yeah. Yeah. We want to share with everybody too. Yeah, we do. Oh, thank you. Thank I appreciate you. that because I don't know how to get things out. Once I make them, I'm not sure what to do with them. So this yeah. would be helpful. Yeah, most definitely. And, uh, you know, we're going to make sure people come check out Circus Free Podcast. Mm-hmm. Where, uh, and uh, try to direct some traffic your way. But I'm, like I say, we need that invite. Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll cross-pollinate. Yes. Well, once again, we really appreciate it. We hope you have a great weekend and a great Sunday because your favorite day is coming up. Thank you. And we'll see you soon. Yes, please. Peace. All right. <laughs> All right. Y'all have a good night. Right. Bye. Bye. Oh, that was fun. Oh, all right. Oh, wow. We loved it for you. We do, we do. But you know what? She wasn't here in person with us. I know. So, but we still got to carry on tradition. And you know what I'm talking about when I say carry on tradition? Yeah. I'm talking about four ingredients. <laughs> and four ingredients for those who don't know. That is our, you know what I'm saying, straight up, that is our beer review. That's our beer review that we do every episode. And while Bowie is trying to let me know that she messed up, <laughs> hey, you know what I'm saying? All I'm saying is I'm just here, I'm just here recording and doing what I do. Whatever. Listen, so welcome to our uh uh um uh, enjoyable, joyous beer segment. It's called Four Ingredients. Yep. We call it Four Ingredients because it takes four amazing ingredients to make a beer. Yep. Perfect beer. And that's water, hops, barley, and yeast. I found a really cool beer today. It looks cool. Tell the people about it. It's a limited edition, uh, what they call collaboration. Oh, this is dope. Because two breweries, Stone Brewery and Deschutes Brewery, came together to create Let's Be Homies. Already. And I think that was, I thought that was incredible. Like two breweries making one beer. That's dope. That's dope. And you said, and it's limited edition? It's limited edition. You can't get it. Where did you get it at? I got it from, I don't want to plug them. Okay. But right over here on the corner. <laughs> okay, okay, I got you. They be tripping. So they I tell you that I'll think. Okay, okay. But I ain't, Nan, we ain't giving Nan none of these haters. Nan yin haters. You just say it for the second time. Nan yin haters. No publicity. You, hey, we disabling the comments on you. You know what that means? You don't get no platform. <laughs> okay, do you know where Stones is out of Illinois? Yeah, I, you okay. know, I like Stone. And the shoots is out of um I don't know what it is. A biscuit. Okay, we'll figure it out. The shoots is out of, out of Cali. Okay, makes sense. Um, makes sense. 
Anyway, so so it's called Let's Be Homies. It's a, it's a hazy IPA. It's made with honey. Okay. It's a buzzworthy IPA nature. Let's be homies. Let's be homies. Oh, oh, I get it now. Okay, made with honey. Let's be homies. All right. A hazy L with honey. Word. So they got it in a 16 ounce. So we're going to have to hope share. It's, I hope it's not sticky. Me too. Um. So anyway, what to say about it? So, um, you know, whatever about the symbiotic relationship and plants and pollinated pollination, whatever that's about. Um, and, and then, <laughs> what you mean? What you mean plants and pollination? Plants and pollination and the symbiotic relationship of, of those things. Yeah. Those things give us fruits, vegetables, and of course, honey. Check this out. Although stone and deschutes have origins on near opposite ends of the West Coast, our backyards are brought together in this hazy IPA, equal parts Oregon blackberry honey, and California orange blossom honey. Oh my God. A cross beer of craft beer cross pollination now available across the nation. I think this is the most creative thing I've seen all day besides the Goya. Ooh, like they talk about cross pollination and Cross, you know what I'm saying? Uh, collaboration and all of the things. And it's a hazy IPA, which is, you know, my favorite way to drink an IPA. I, I didn't was, know that. Yeah. So hazies are my favorite. It's 7.5 a, uh, uh, ABV. And um, I'm trying to see how many hops is in here. It probably don't. But yeah. this oh is my. this is great. Already. You ready to try it? Yeah, yeah. So shout out to the Let's Be Homies. I'm kicking it with one of my best homies. Be homies. There we go. Man, how much do you got in the can? You think I didn't pour you enough? Nah, I think you didn't you poured me too much. Oh well shoot. Damn. <laughs> Feel a lot of lightness up in there. Really? Feel real hollow. Oh my God. Oh, okay. Mm. Mm, I see what y'all did there. This is very good. Oh, yeah, I see what y'all did there. Now, it is pretty sweet. Mm. I ain't gonna lie about the sweetness, but I do taste this blackberry, like it's got this berry flavor I've never tasted before. Word. In a in an IPA. Okay. And I I feel like the honey is just like the sweetness. Like mm-hmm. the honey, I don't taste like honey flavor because honey has like a very distinct flavor. Mm-hmm. I don't taste the honey per se, but it's a relatively sweet IPA. Word. Word. It feels a little summery for it to be like a limited in the in the, the winter. I mean, but it is summery. We're talking about when the bees pop out. Oh, the bees come out in the spring. With the pollen, pollination. In the spring. So they did this limited edition. Maybe this is something they might uh might just be putting out of there as a tester to see what they're gonna do later on in the year. Yeah. Uh, and we don't know when exactly this was released, so we don't know if it's been yeah, sitting somewhere true. or whatever. But uh, this definitely some this definitely some West Coast vibe yeah. type stuff. Uh, I like Stone. I like Stone uh, Brewery. And, and I uh, like the shoots. The shoots, I just got introduced yeah. to the shoots. I'm not surprised. 
that uh you know they in Cali with the with the taste of that IPA. I grew to like it. Stone was kind of right up my alley when the first time I had it. But this is like a great combination because Stone likes to make hoppy beers. The shoots is like more uh, about the flavoring IPA to me. You, you drink you, you if you drink you like a Stone IPA, you know it's hops, it's hops. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You drink the shoots, it's more about flavor than the hops. So this is like a good combination because I feel like what the Deschutes lacks with the hops, Stone provides. And so they got a nice flavorful beer with some good hops to it. I could drink this literally. I could go order three of these, really, really, real Same time. Same for me, too. I kind of wish they they start selling this on tap. Like somebody need to bring this on tap. Yeah. We need to go find it. Yeah, and it's, it, it is some nice... Nice beer. Uh, definitely a little heavy, you know what I'm saying? 7.5. Very mm-hmm. delicious, I would recommend it. Yeah. You know, I like Stone's yeah. uh, Tangerine. Yeah. I don't like they, they regular IPA, but I like their Tangerine Express. Ta- yeah, tangerine. the Tangerine IPA was definitely one of my favorites back when I used to frequent a place called Old Chicago in North Little Rock. Yeah. And so... That's why I know that they know how to at least get on some flavorful stuff too, because most people just know Stone for the Stone IPA. And, you know, that's probably like the yeah, highest seller. Yeah. But the Tangerine Express, definitely a good IPA as well. So I think this was a really good combination for them to collaborate. I, I wish it wasn't limited edition. Same. And I wish they came in twelve ounces and not sixteen. I want it's only going to four pack. I think they want to give you. Bang for the buck. I mean, they definitely bucked my ass because I was like, damn, on well, the price. <laughs> how much was the four pack? Tell the people. I think it was like 15 bucks. Oh, man. But I didn't even see the price. I just rung it yeah, up. You and, you know, it. I just picked it up and then there you go. Well, look, $15. <laughs> Let's break that down for you people. 15 or 16 had to be, had to be somewhere now. So the, for, the, for the four pack of this right here, you will probably be paying. Somewhere around four dollars per beer. Yeah. You said 15, 16, probably with tax or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, about four dollars per 16 ounce can, which ain't really bad because you know, hey, there's a little bit more than a pint. Yeah. I mean, we go to the pint night where they pay four dollars for a beer. Yeah, that's the price. But normally the beer prices in the bar should match the prices at the at the liquor store. <laughs> <laughs> But it is 16, though. And it is limited edition. So after, I I suspect when they sell out of the how many they had today, they probably won't get any more. Yeah, yeah. So I might have to go back, even though, it, you know, anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, hey. This that's, was, that's it for us. Yeah, that's a dope episode right here, man. Mm-hmm. I appreciate everybody uh, listening. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, continue to support as a matter of black. Send in your uh, voicemail notes or, yeah. or your drops. Uh, I encourage anybody to go ahead and promote what you want to promote when you come talk because you know you're going to get some free publicity you know. as long as you share that link. And so uh, continue and we to send get mad, it. We get mad uh, uh, listens. So. Yeah. And we get shares. And shout out 
Shout out to DeVoy one more time. A shout out to all our guests and our upcoming guests. Want to be an upcoming guest? Join us on the As a Matter of Black podcast. All right? And until next time. Peace.